So Nebuchadnezzar falls on the ground and starts bowing to Daniel, which must have been really awkward. Like this king. And he was prostrating himself before Daniel. He wanted to offer like... Mincha is like some kind of an offering. It doesn't necessarily mean a flower. We think of a... Yeah, is an instance. We think of Mincha as a flower offering. I'm not sure if it always has to be that, but uh, whatever. It was some kind of offering. So the king said to Daniel... So, Vayan Vayomar is a term that appears in Tuvim. It just means he declared. It doesn't mean not to answer all the time. Like in Yov. Vayan Yov. Min Kishot. The Allah Hachon Hu Elah Elahim. It is true that your God is the God of Gods. Umarein Malchim. And the Master of Kings. Vigalin Razi. And the Revealer of Secrets. Di Yechelta Nemigleit Wazadena. Because you were able to reveal the secrets. Eidayin Malkale Daniel Rabi'i. So the king therefore like um, elevated Daniel he gave him lots of great gifts, impressive gifts of course that's definitely echoing uh, he became like the chief over all of the Chachamim of Babel Daniel Ba'amin Malka and Daniel requested from the king, Umani al Abidita di Medinat Babel, the Shadrach, Mishach, Babed Nigo, with Daniel, Bitram Alka. It's like Mordechai Yoshev, Bishar Amelech. It's like Bitram Alka, the same thing. So the point is that he was in the court of the king as a result of this. <coughs> so what happened? And he brought it along his friends. Right, he, he, uh, he did some uh, protectia. Yeah. It's, uh, he hooked them up with good government jobs. Right. right so, the, so now that all, of course, he's going to want to have the other Jewish Chachami work with him. Uh, I think the Rabag says something to the effect of, you know, when you're in a position of, uh, you, you, should, you, you should delegate to people who are, you know, who, whom you know. Are really, it shows you that he, he wanted to make sure that if he's going to have this position, he has people in the, you know, working with him that he can trust and that he knows mm-hmm. because it's going to be on his head. He doesn't want to delegate it. Like we're talking about, you know, boards. Like, whenever you're working with any group, and you want you want to make sure that you delegate wisely. You want to delegate. You don't have to delegate to one of these hakimei uh, bavel. He doesn't know what he's going to get from that. He knows what he to expect from his chavrutas or whatever they are, so to speak. Right. So the point is that he he. So from this from this you see like a very common uh, UN phenomenon, which is this moment of epiphany that Nebuchadnezzar seems to have. Similar to what we see with Paro and, uh, and Yosef, that Paro in the moment that Yosef reveals to him the meaning of the dream and what he can learn from it, he's wowed by Yosef. He elevates him to a very high position. He does all of this. But that huge kavod for Yosef doesn't last. Doesn't last but, permanently. But that's not the case in the matter, is it? He seems to always look like In the next chapter, he's already throwing him into the Kipshana Asia. So, you know, uh, why does it last permanently? What? Why does it last permanently? Huh? Why does it last Oh, wait, uh, you, you mean in Paro? Yeah. Because Yosef, in the beginning, like the Chazal say, that, you, that Yosef, Paro put Yosef in charge of all of the, uh, in charge of all of the economy of Egypt. Right. 
But then when finally the Ra'av came, the people went to Paro, they didn't want to go to Yosef. And he said, Lechuel Yosef. He sent them back to Yosef. Meaning, there was a resistance to accepting Yosef as a leader because he was an ex-convict, he was a slave, he was Jewish, he was an Egyptian. All of these different factors were a part of it. And so, in a way, Paro kind of like jumped the gun, you know, giving Yosef all of his power to the point that by the end, when Yosef wants to bury his father in, in Eretz Israel, he, he doesn't even ask Paro. He asks somebody to ask Paro. Yeah, which shows you that their Kesha wasn't like the way that it once was. I think you're saying because like also like that was the... That's in Shemot. That's in Shemot. Yeah. Yeah. But the, 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 uh, the idea that, um, that Nebuchadnezzar suddenly recognizes God but in the next chapter he's making a gigantic idol and forcing everybody to bow down to it doesn't really fit. You know? That's a, that's a, why would you do that? So obviously the the insight is his, there's a competing force. Like we said, like, right, there's a, there's a competing force of the ego in Nebuchadnezzar. Basically, the, the dream was to say to Nebuchadnezzar, nothing you have is really eternal. Yes, it's gold. It's very fine. It's amazing what you have. But it's only temporary. And it's going to lead to further and further decline until collapse. And everything that you built is going to, is going to disappear. Whether it means in your mother Mashiach or it means... Uh, uh, by the time of uh, the end of the, basically, the, you know, when the Persians come. Whatever, it doesn't matter. The point is that it's not going to last eternally. It's a fantasy. Think about what you could do. Like, I'm, I'm reading this into it. He didn't say that. But think about what you could do if you utilize the power that God granted you for good. You know? And that's the, uh, that's the moment of epiphany. And isn't Nebuchadnezzar such a rotten guy that he can't, he has a moment of epiphany and insight? and he doesn't carry it through forward to actually implement it in his life, what a loser. Nobody else does that. Everyone else, all the rest of us, whenever we see a true idea, we immediately change our life in accordance with the idea and transform ourselves and are consistent in never again veering from the truth of that idea as long as we live, right? Of course. That's why we only have to observe young people once in a lifetime and then vanish. Right? So I always think part, that part O in the story gets at Mitzrayim, you know, and, they're like they're basically more closer to us than Daniel. Like uh, we're we're more like Nebuchadnezzar. So true. You know, we have the moment of like uh, insight, and then by the next day, if it lasts a day, by the next day it's already uh, gone. And it's also very classic to like try and defeat. It's like it's telling you if you continue on your course, you're gonna you're gonna fail. It's like let me try and defeat the precise way that it said I'm gonna fail, so I don't like that's not the yeah. point. Make the whole statue. Yeah, yeah, I'll make the whole statue. He, he, Not right. I'm going to change myself. I'll just change the statue. Instead of seeing, like, Daniel is trying to show him, this is chokhmah. I'm telling you a chokhmah here. This is the inside. Yeah. What does he do? He tries to repel it with magic. He falls into the magical idea that if I just make a golden statue, what does a golden statue mean? Everything gold. No feet of clay. No. It's that, not going to break apart. Right. Yeah. It's not going to break. Right. The, so the whole the whole dream is negated by this magical yeah. like statue. It's like that's that's totally missing the point yeah. of what what Daniel was trying to tell. It's not about the. At materials. least Paro doesn't. At least Paro doesn't do that. Yeah. Paro listens to it. Actually, lets him implement the uh, implement the policy. That's good. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar, though, it's interesting. On one hand, like we said, Nebuchadnezzar seems like the superior person to Paro. Because he's actually interested in Chokhmah, respects Chachamim, he wants. On the other hand, 
he's worse than Paro because right because he's so his ego is so strong and his resistance to the message is so strong that it's like he's almost like a less pathetic version of Shaul. Every time Shaul is like realizes David is really okay, you're right, David. I'm so sorry. Next day, trying to kill him. You know, his ego come reasserts itself, and then and then he has to go chase after David again. It's like. This is what happened in Mokhanetza. Even after the Kivshana Ish, he has, oh, your God is the real God. How long does that last? We don't know exactly. Yeah, we don't know, but the point is, he doesn't have a sustained change. Yeah, same, same, yeah. Okay, so, uh, but at least, uh, right, yeah, I guess, yeah, he has this momentary, yeah, okay, I give in, I give in. But it's, a, it's different, because Nebuchadnezzar really seems to have, like, Seche. He really seems to get it. But his his ego and the lure of the power is like he he, he can't resist. It's easier to know at what point was the Mikdash destroyed by Sometime during this period, yeah, it's not clear. the chronology is so unclear yeah. that it's hard to tell. You know, it's hard to tell. So, okay. so he, he he ransacked the Mikdash, took all the gold and silver and everything from the Mikdash, and then the last Mikdash. He didn't right. And then. He, he, but he didn't destroy it right away. They used that to make this golden idol. I don't know. I don't. Does it say that? In, uh, I could imagine a midrash saying something like yeah, that. Yeah, wouldn't that be interesting if the, that gold? That would be really gold interesting. Gold of the Beit Hamikdash was used. That the, would be interesting. I, but I, I feel like that's something the Psukim would say because that's like what the next. That's what like uh, Belshazzar did. Right. So that it would say something like that, and the fact that it doesn't almost says that he's still like he's not going to go that far. Right? He's not going to negate the God that he somehow vaguely acknowledges. Um, Modern even civilization as, is built on the ideas of Jews, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, a theme that we had. Yeah. At the Daniel, so the idea of the Jews is built into this modern civilization as Babel. It wouldn't be funny that even modern civilization, the, the, the Abu Dazara is built on the gold that was from uh, the Jewish yeah. built on the back of the Jews. Yeah, in literally. Yeah. So, what happens next? Okay, we're up to Gimel now. So, uh, we're that, that, finishing Gimel means we're a quarter way. Yeah, the easy stuff. This is the easy stuff. He's going to start killing Jews at this point. The first five parts. He already exiled all the Jews to Bavel yeah, yeah. and he's put in a, and killed. He's killed some. He's killed already. Yeah. I mean, it's unclear the exact chronology, but then Yael came with the early exiles because he was with the elite exiles. So, there was 11 years there intervening. Nebuchadnezzar, Malka, Avad, Selendi, Dehad. It would have been so nice if the authors just wrote it in Hebrew. Why did I have to write it in Aramaic? I don't understand why. Before, it's like, and the magician spoke in Aramaic. Okay, fine. In Egyptian, like, you know, Paro spoke in Egyptian, but it's written in Hebrew. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. It's, a, right? it's showing you, maybe that's when the, that's when the devils happened. Now, now it's showing us. It's showing maybe, maybe that's what I say. I like it. That's very good. Did you hear that? Now they were exiled. That's a good one. I like that. It's a, it signifies that we're in the Galut, we're in Galut mentality. Yeah, language language. You would have seen that in I Egypt also. I, I think you're right. But why don't you see that in Egypt? When did it happen? That wasn't Galut. That's was pre. That's pre Galut. It's different. It's different. There was no galut to be had from it. They didn't have the. You wouldn't consider states. that galut. It's not galut because they didn't have an independent. They were they formed, was, they formed as a nation. Right, there. they weren't formed yet. Yeah. So. Uh, 
there, there's parts of Ezra and Nehemiah that are written, like when they have communications back exactly. and forth that are like written in the original language, but other than that, yeah. So that's a really good idea. I like that. Nice, nice observation. That makes, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So let's see. What did he do? Uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. I won't complain about it anymore. If, if it were today, it would be in Yiddish. I guess, or something like that. Right? So, At least it's better than Yiddish. Yeah, exactly. It's closer to Hebrew. So he made a, he made a statue of gold. Well, it's part of Tanakh is written in it, and the Gemara is written in it. Yeah, exactly. no, but so but they said they didn't want like, on one hand, Aramaic is, uh, is like the Chazal say, oh, don't pray in Aramaic for Cholim because the Malachim no, uh, don't understand. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Right. But the but on the other hand, well, if you're if you're praying. They say that uh, if you're praying in the um, in the uh, presence of the Choleh, so you could use the Aramaic because you're, because the Shekhinah is right there, right? And like in the Slichot, we pray in Aramaic because we're showing the closeness to you know that the, the, the Amis is that, that there's an intimacy. It would be like if like the the analogy Lahavdil, but it would be like if you. You're like, you see, let's say, uh, some respected person, you say, oh, hello, you know, you speak formally. You're going to be like, yo, what's up, bro? You know, like that. It's almost like you're talking in slang to God. So it shows like an intimacy when you say in Slichot, when you're speaking Aramaic, because that's an intimate language. Uh, Moshe, I'm just saying, uh, also, like, building your point, how, like, I guess, like, maybe, because, like, the Afghan, the Galut, and the Sarah, the Galut, we're showing how we still have an relationship with God. Why would you Why would you interpret Aramaic as intimate? Meaning that it's not a slang; it's a different language. You would You would think even more. I would think distance, not when not intimacy. When you pray to God in Hebrew, you're using the formal, official language of the Jewish people. When you pray in Aramaic, you're praying in the what was the vernacular in the time of the when Philo written. Yeah, but that's a it's so a more distant. It would language. be like speaking English instead of Hebrew. In, when you speak to God. So when you speak to God personally, you probably speak English because that's the language that comes most naturally to you because mm. you're speaking from your heart. You're saying it's just... What, that's what's, how I what's more fluid? What's more fluid to you? To them. Yeah. To us, it's yeah, not. Yeah. To us, it's just as strange right. or more strange. Right. Because now we speak... It's not about the distance. Remember, Onkelos, they used to be like... They used to read the Hebrew and be like, I don't know what this means. And then Onkelos would be like, yeah. oh, now I get yeah. it. Now we have no idea what Onkelos Yeah. I guess, yeah. I, I guess I can see that. And we look at the Hebrew and we're like, this is what Onkelos means because I read the Hebrew. It's like the it's like more verse. It's been a I get what you're saying. You're speaking in the language that you're comfortable in. Yeah. So that, that shows intimacy. It's a sense of intimacy. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I could see that. I could see that. That's such a hard time with uh, doing Shandrigo. I did it one year and I used Parshagin. Have you ever used yeah. that? So good. He was a rabbi in my... He passed away. It's just, Wait, what's, so what's Parshagin? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, Rabbi, what's Parsha again? It's a, it's a Pirush. It's a modern Pirush on Onkelos. It's a fantastic. Fantastic. Well, it's good. Yeah, but his is amazing. His is amazing. So I used it when I did this night Mikavah. I read it when I was doing that. It was so good. He only wrote through Vaikra, and then his sons put out the Midbar now. I got it for 60 shekel. Pretty good deal, because in America, those volumes were like $35 each. That was a good deal. All right, anyway, so, so, so he made a golden uh, idol. Rumei Amin Shitin, it was 60 amot high. 
just like the uh, gallows of Avaman. Uh, I guess I like that number. Pitaye Aminshit. It was six amot wide. Right. Like, oh, weird, it's a weird dimension, it's also the fall over, but okay. Six by 60? It, it's... What's with the number six? I don't know. Sixty eyes. It's this school this school. Yeah, she, 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 Maybe that's why. He, he knew, they knew Kabbalah. Yeah, we're going to tell learning the Kabbalah. And that's why. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, Akimek Bikatoi put it in the valley of Durab in Dinat Bavel. And what happens? Nebuchadnezzar Malka Shelach Lemichnash Lachashtar Panaya Signaya Pachavata. It is all different kinds of, of uh, officials. Okay? Like we recognize like Achashtar Panim, also from the Sganim is like Signaya, right? Um, the Pachavata uh, is like governors. Adar Gazraya. Gidavraya, okay? So the, all of these are different kinds of uh, judges and leaders and so on and so forth. And, uh, um, yeah, he says that, so the, so the Rabbah says that Adar Gazrai is from the word Gozer, I guess, because it says it means Shofti. Um, okay. And Gidavraya uh, Tiftaye. That they were. What? Which one? Gidavraya. Sounds like Gizbar. It sounds like a treasurer, right? Yeah. That's what I. That's yeah, what I the Gizbar is a treasurer. And. Gidavraya uh, Tiftaye. Are those different types of people? I don't it's think so. Right? And oh, he says. Uh, oh. Let's see, what is it? What is the uh, other Rabbi doesn't translate that part? He doesn't, he doesn't let me cheat on the translation. So, what is the. Uh, what is it? Is that a type of person? Oh, it says, Hema Sofrim Shemakalach. Okay. It says, Here's the advisors and the guards. Yeah, advisors. And what's Tiftaye? The last one is officers. I have. Oh, okay. So these are all different people. Fine. And the one before was judging. Right, the but they missed one. You're looking at the GPS translation and so on. Yeah? What? I'm looking at. So, so the yes, call, all of the shilton the all the leaders of the government. They all had to come to the dedication of this amazing. Okay, so again, if you're talking about somebody who now feels somewhat insecure in the uh, eternity of their well, kingdom. Extra. What, they have an extra one? No, they're missing one. Anyway. Yeah, the point is that it's a bunch of different right. leaders. Okay, that, but different officers, right. leaders, whatever. It doesn't matter that much. Beidayin mitkanashin, achashdal penaya, signaya, pachavat. It repeats it a million times. It's a very frustrating one. Adar gazraya, gedavraya, ditavraya, tiftaye, v'chol shintunei medinata, so when they all would gather together, uh, they all had to stand facing this idol. By the way, this is, you'll see a lot of language in Daniel also from Hashem Shamati Shimachayereti. Like this. 
And the announcer, the Karoza, is like the person who announces, called out with strength, Bechayil, Lechon Amrin Amemai. That uh, to you, I say, nations, nations and peoples, nations and language. And Lishonot uh, is, means languages, but, yeah, times of the, yeah. but a lot of times it's used to mean uh, different ethnicities, right? Because it's meaning different cultures, doesn't matter. When you hear the sound of the horn. Nowadays that means a whistle. Yeah. Katros, Sabcha, Santerin, Sumponya, Vechol, Zene, Zemara. The point is these are all instruments. What exactly they are is not really important. This parak is very. Um, I don't even have things. Yeah. It, it, it repeats lists again and again, like a list of all the leaders twice already. Now it repeated. It is going to do it again afterwards. Um, the tambourine drum symbol. Santera in modern Hebrew means a piano, but that's not what it, they didn't have pianos back then. Piano was invented back then. Okay. A piano was like a later invented uh, instrument that was inv- invented later. Yeah, but it means some kind of a whatever, whatever a different kind of instrument. It's not figuring that out would be like what the Ibn Ezra would say is like the biggest possible waste of time. Okay. Should all bow down to the golden. Statue, let's say, the Akim Nebuchadnezzar Malkah that the King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Uman Dilaya Pipel. You don't think this is an image of Nebuchadnezzar? It could be. What else would it be? It doesn't. Why doesn't it say it? I'm saying. Doesn't say. And anybody who doesn't fall down and bow, Ba Shata Itrame, in that very moment, is going to be thrown. Lego Atun Nuayukita. Where's that from? Tell me. Where's Where's that from? That's from the Anen, the uh, 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 Anenan, Anenan, Anenan. I have that exact language from the Pasuk. Um, anyway, so anybody who doesn't do it is going to be thrown into the Kibshan Ha'esh, basically, we call it. It's really Kal in Kal Kavel Dina Bezina. Sometimes there is, but in this one actually it could be because it's actually with a, with a makaf. Yeah. It could be called this time. When it's by itself, it's not usually in, in anime. So it could be called kavadina. Bezina. So uh, therefore, okay, but called kavadina means lachem, means therefore, right? Bezina uh, at the moment. Kedi shamein kol amemaya. At the moment when everyone heard all of these different instruments, the cue, the cue, Naflin, Kol Amemaya, Umaya, Vinishanaya, Sagdin Letel Dava, Diakim Nebuchadnezzar Malka. At that moment, everybody bowed down to the idol, whatever, the statue. Okay? So, the, the uh, one thing to wonder is what's the purpose of the list? I'm, I'm not sure. That, that's the thing to think about. Kol kabil dena bezina. So it keeps saying this thing at that very moment. Kol kabil dena at that very moment. Krivu guvrin kastain va'achalu karteon. Lechol karteon means to say malshinut. Um, slander. Right, against somebody. Di yehudaye. 
they started to badmouth the Jews. Okay, a bunch of people approached and they wanted to badmouth the Jews because they weren't participating. I know the Amri Malka Malka al Very interesting thing to say to a king who obviously is insecure about his eternity, uh-huh. right? right? The king should live forever. Aunt Malka Samta Te'em. You placed a law. A Te'em means like a, like a law. Dichol Enash. Dishma. Kal Karna. Mashro Kita. Katro. Sabcha. Zantirin. Besu Ponya. Okay. The whole Zenezima. Zan, by the way, means type. Like mean in Hebrew. Okay. And uh, a zan actually is a species also in modern Hebrew. They call it different species are a zan, same thing. Um, you said that when, when, when the music plays, everybody has to bow down. And anybody who doesn't do it is going to be thrown into the fire first. There are some Jewish guys. That you put in charge of Bavel. And their names are Shadrach, Meshach, Vavidnigo. Not that game. What happened? No, he's not in this term. Lo samu alayich malukatayim. Lelahach lo falchim. They did not put on, they did not accept the, the, the decree of the king. To your God, they're not worship, they're not uh, serving. So the implication is that it's not an idol, because it says they don't worship your God, and they won't worship, they won't battle the idol, right? So that they're now. Why do you think that uh, these people are so quick to turn in the uh, these three guys? Probably because they want the positions. Jealous the positions. They're high. They're high-ranking officials. Right. It's, it's very similar to the story of Yosef again. They're basically these outsiders, non-Babylonian Jewish guys. They're supposed to be slaves. They're supposed to be the the uh, you know the captives. The, these people are in charge. Oh, you put these people in charge of us. You put them over your entire kingdom? They're ruling over us and they don't worship your God. They're not Babylonian. They don't listen to the king. They don't follow the law. It's like if you can't have people in charge of the country that don't follow the law of the king. What kind of servant of the king is that? This is your representative? They don't even follow the rules. Okay? So there's, there's again, a very similar sort of a uh, uh, resistance or resentment brewing among the among Bavel against these Jewish leaders, and so they turned them in. Rabbi, why why is Nebuchadnezzar attaching the bowing to the to the statue to the music playing? Which it's just like, a cue that everyone can hear that's really loud. What else are they going to be able why? to hear? They didn't have the muezzin back then. Like, uh, no, no, but why? Yeah, no, but why couldn't it just be? Oh, whenever you see it, you need to bow. Why is it? It would be too constant. Like it's a huge thing. They had a cue. They're like everyone is going to do this. It also is reminiscent of another story, which is the story of Hamas. Everybody has to bow. Right, but that's whenever he walks by. You, you would right. think uh, that. I don't can't walk by. No, they don't can't walk by. Right, no, but it's like, well, when, when you're walking by. Mm, well, because this is, no, because it says why. Because this is the Chanukah Tetzelem. It's a special event. They're having a special event of, like, dedicating Tetzelem. And at this event, every time they would play the music, everyone had to bow down. Mm-hmm. And then they, would, then they would pass out cocktails, hors d'oeuvres. You know, I don't know, whatever else they did at this Hanukkah. And then, oh, the music is playing, everybody, oh, you know, then they would go back. So meaning then, it's, it's a, some kind of a ritual dedication of the okay. Tzelem. 
בידי נבוכדנצר, ברגז וחמה. נבוכדנצר was very mad. אמר להייטיה, לשדוח משך ואבי נגו, he told them to bring these three guys. בידיים גופריה אילך, הייטיו קודם מלכה. So therefore, these uh, men were brought in front of the, uh, in front of the king. Right? So he said, to, he brought them and he said, uh, destruction. It means like, uh, or, or what? Right. There's different interpretations of the meaning of it. It's interesting. Like, the, I see on the Miyuchasler of Sadegon, he says, Is it true that you won't do it? And according to the Rabbah, are you choosing to die? Okay, okay. Well, the point is it's, a, it's an expression of shock. Uh, my God, you're not worshipping. And to my, my, my idol, you're not bowing. Now, Again, you could be dead as two things. You could say, it's bad enough you don't worship my God, now you won't bow down to my idol, or maybe the idol is a God. It's not clear. If it's two ways of saying the same thing, not, not clear. Why, why isn't Daniel here? I don't know. I don't know why it doesn't mention Daniel. It's a good question. Some people say that the fourth person in there was Daniel, but I don't know. Yeah. You're like, uh, are you almost only wondering if Daniel were here, would you have to a different He took a sick day. Oh. I, I don't know. He went, he went on a business trip. <laughs> I don't know why he's not there. It doesn't, say, it doesn't mention him in the story. It's weird. I mean, why didn't they mention Daniel's name originally? Yeah. Because apparently he perhaps. wasn't there. I mean, Daniel was the one they had to expect him to That's not these guys. Right. These, these guys were disappointed his, by... Right. Daniel. Daniel might have been able to avoid it. Like, well, I didn't go to the party. I had uh, state business. Maybe the yeah. people like Daniel. I don't, I don't see any indication of that necessarily, but... Or they wouldn't throw Daniel in the bus because they would be scared of him second in command. Right. Right, they were lower... Because the last thing it mentioned in the last paragraph was that he appointed these guys. Yeah. So it's like he elevated them to the attention of everyone else. It was the job of Daniel was in the king's court. Right, he, he, he might have been exempt from this. But everyone invited to this and the person that's in charge of the king's court it's weird. Well, did Nebuchadnezzar himself bow? Did he bow? Yeah, to this idol. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, so maybe Daniel is like that. Maybe the, these people don't have to do it. It's for everyone else. I don't know. Maybe it's only for the people who are subjects of the king, not for the right-hand man of the king. Maybe, maybe not, you know? Could be. Because, it's a, because the whole point was it's to show the eternity of the, based on the dream. Right? I need to... You've got to make your dreams come true, right? To make my dream come true. Is that the whole statue is gold. I'm forever. And everyone bows to it. Right? But that's not he himself and his, let's say, his assistant. They don't have to do that. It's for all of the subjects, all of the countries that are under his dominion that become a it. So it could be that it wasn't necessary for anybody on their rank to do it. I'm not sure. In any case, he's not here. Wait, did I skip anything? No? Okay. So... Uh, now, in the future, etechon means like you will. You know, in the future, 
ותסגדון לצלמה דיאבטס, ואין לו תסגדון, בא שאתה תתרמון לגו אתון נורא יקיטה, ומן הוא אלא די ישז ונכון מן ידיי. So what's the point? He said at the moment, that the next time you hear all that musical stuff, you're going to fall down on your face. And if you don't, bow down to the tzelem that I made. Then, in that very moment, you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And what God will save you from my hands? It's always foreshadowing. It's almost like it's fun. What God is there that will save you from? I know Shadrach, Meshach, Vavinigol. ואמרים למלכה נבוכדנצר, לה חשכין אנחנה על דנה פתגם להאטבותך. We don't have to answer. We, we don't feel, it, it almost sounds like they're saying we don't feel the need to answer. It's kind of like a strange thing to say, but that's what they, they mean. We're not worried about this to have to respond. I mean, we have, we, we, we're not going to, we're not going to give a response. Okay, I mean, we're not going to argue with you, I guess, is what it means. What does that, what does the Ralbag say? No matter what, we won't listen to you. Whether Hashem saves us or not, we're not going to listen to you. Hen itai elahana di anachna parachin, the God that we worship, yachil leshe zavutan, he is able to save us. Min atun noaya kita, min yedach malkari shezid, he is able to save us from the fiery furnace, and he is able to save us from your hand. Behen la, even if not, even if our God doesn't save, you, save us, you should know. You should know, even if our God doesn't save us, we're not going to value your idol. It doesn't matter. This goes back, this is similar to what I was saying to you guys the other day about the Aleinu L'Shabach. That the Aleinu L'Shabach, that my teacher had said, uh, my teacher Rabbi Chait said a really good observation many, 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 many years ago. Right, that they, they bow down to uh, nonsense and they pray to a God that doesn't save. So what should really the next sentence be? Right? Because you're saying they bow to the one that doesn't save, we bow to the one that does save. So what does it say? It doesn't say we bow to the one that does say. It says, It doesn't matter whether he saves us or not. We bow down to the true God. What, whether he is, sometimes he does what we like, doesn't, does, doesn't matter. It's still truth. We, oh, we believe in the truth. Not on what's, what we believe is going to help us. It's not based on whether we think he's going to do a certain outcome. That we're going to provide us with an outcome. We believe in the truth. Right, so it's a beautiful observation. Yes. Right, that's the, and that's exactly what they're saying. Yeah, that's exactly what they're saying. Our God has the ability to save us, but that's God's decision. Whether he decides to or not, we only bow to the true God. That's it. We won't acknowledge any falsehood. This is the first example anywhere in Tanakh, or the only one, of people that are willing them sort that's not all Kiddush Hashem. There's the Midrash of, of, of Abraham Avinu, of course. Right? But... But in, in the actual text is the only case we have of Jews saying, we'll give up our life rather than worship another god and die al Kiddush Hashem. They were willing to die al Kiddush Hashem. If you don't believe that, then it's not really, then what they did doesn't mean anything. Uh, they, they, were, they just said it to the most powerful man. Right, they just said to the most powerful man, exactly. And, and they were willing to lose their lives. They said, we don't 
feel a need to respond. We, we're not going to even respond. We're going to tell you straight out. And they're not going to buy. Right. Nothing you do will convince us to violate what we believe. And these are people who are, you know, have a pretty cushy job and are, you know, have been treated pretty well. And yet they're willing to give up their, their, their bodily, earthly existence for the sake of the true, you know, for the sake of the truth. And that's uh, pretty impressive. So, of course, Nebuchadnezzar is very impressed by this and says, it's amazing, and I really respect you having the courage. <clears throat> you know what? I'm just going to get rid of this whole golden idol and uh, let's call it let's a day. Serve, and serve Hashem. Yeah. Just going to convert. Yeah. But um, that doesn't happen in this parak. Uh, oh, my page went back. I'm looking at it and I'm saying, doesn't this happen already? Bedaye Nebuchadnezzar hitmali chema. Being the even-tempered type of guy he was, <laughs> he became Certainly. full of wrath. Utzlem and poi kishtanem, and the the form of his face changed, meaning like he had an angry look on his face. Al shadrach meshach ba'vinigol, anevi amar lemezala tuna chad shiva al dechazel mezir. He told them to raise it up, raise up the uh, the heat of the kibshan seven times from the uh, from what it was normally supposed to be. Oh, our cousin tells us, RV. So about the music, just sorry, yeah. side point, what are we going into? You know, seven? Do you yeah. want to try to finish this pair? Yeah, I'm to try to finish this pair. I think seven is, is good. Yeah. Oh, actually? Yeah, pair, pair. Everything's good. We also have to pray our beat, and we have to walk back to the apartment. And here. Again here, again here. Yeah. No, no, can you say that disturbing, but I'm not sure that it's wrong. Sometimes that's the way it is. I'm, you know, but the, the question is this. If a, like, there is an idea, and there are sources that support the idea that any Jew who's killed because they're a Jew, that's considered they died al Kiddushin. There are, I found, I've seen sources that support that idea. But there are also sources, and I think it's probably most of the sources, that only look at it as dying al Kiddush Hashem, where the person sacrificed their life al Kiddush Hashem, not just that they were killed for being a Jew. So both views exist in, 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 in sources. I've seen both. I, 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 most of the sources always talk about 
dying al Kiddush Hashem as a choice the person makes. That's true. Most of them talk about that. I've definitely seen, I remember I saw in... Uh, in no, I remember I saw in um, some Rishon, I think it was in Rashi, and I, and, I, and I meant to write, to note it to myself, and then I couldn't find it afterwards, but that uh, somebody who dies because they're Jew, it's considered al Kiddush Hashem even if... But I have to find it. I have to, what was disturbing to you? No, because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why it's disturbing to Chaim without him telling you. Because it makes it that basically, the, like the victims of the Holocaust, are we didn't die al kiddush Hashem. Because it wasn't that they chose to give up their life for the sake of the Torah; they were just killed because they were Jewish. And we usually call them doshi, right? Well, soldiers are actually risking their lives. That's a little different. But no, but I I totally understand why because. We try, we, 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 right, at the Pittsburgh, right, because people want to, want to say that because they were, look, a way to look at it is they lived their lives as Jews, and despite the risk that, that, you know, that that involved, yeah, I hear that, I hear that, I hear that, what did he say? That being a Jew is not, is dangerous. Exactly. What did he say, what did he say? What? What did he say? He's like, uh. He's right that most of the sources don't say that, but I, I can hear your point. I can. Every Jew realizes that there's some risk to openly to be real in the Holocaust. There were people who tried in vain to hide their and others who and also others who refused to do things and were killed. I mean, that were clear examples of kibbutzim. So no, I, I think I think you're. Uh, I, I get what where you're coming from. I understand. I understand why this is this is bothersome. Yeah, it's it's. It's a, it's emotionally yeah it's emotionally bothersome. It's emotionally bothersome. That doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong or right. But I hear your how you could argue in a way that would say yeah there's an implicit risk a person takes living openly as a Jew and to a certain extent you know that's that there's a truth to that. It doesn't deny the tragedy, but like thinking like objectively about it, it what what is kiddush Hashem? But it's not just that we feel good about the fact that you yeah. died. You it's the fact that you, there was a statement that was made that sanctified the name of God, right? Mm-hmm. So death in and of itself doesn't do that. And just because you died Jewish doesn't do that either. But Even though you died because you yeah, were Jewish. It's hard thing to hear. But that's it, that, it's, it's, it hurts me to say it. But just because you died a Jew doesn't... It could, it could actually be... I, I'm just thinking objectively. It could, it could be a Chilul Hashem in certain, in certain aspects also. Like... like like the destruction it, of the Beit HaMikdash yeah, where all those people yeah, were murdered. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's a Chilul Hashem because it's Hester Panim that Hashem abandoned the Jews. Exactly. You know? yeah, exactly. That's true. that's true. Look, it's, it's very hard. Like certain Jews, like yeah. the Chana that, that her seven Threw kids died. Yeah. yeah, that's Kiddush Hashem. We could, we could agree to that. Yeah. No, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I think that's probably what Rabbi Breitwitz was getting at too. Yeah. yeah. It's like, but there is truth to the idea that, yeah, a person deserves... Credit and deserves. It doesn't take away the credit. Their credit. credit. Yeah. The, you get it. But, but we can't call that kiddush Hashem. Right. It's not. It's not fair to call that kiddush Hashem. It's. It's. It, it's I emotionally hear, satisfying hear, to call it. I hear. That. I hear. And when it's emotionally satisfying, it's usually. Yeah, that's right. An Israeli soldier dying. An Israeli soldier dying in uniform. That. An idea that that feels good. Usually, it's not Yeah. But. Usually, I like it's, that. It's true. <laughs> it's usually but as an Israeli soldier dying in uniform for the protection of his country yeah. is, is Kiddush Hashem. I could, yeah. I could, I could, yeah. 
Maybe. That's why, it can't why, be. Why? I could say yeah, it's maybe, like, because he died what? fighting for, no, for, what, what for the fighting? Jewish people. No, he's standing at a bus stop and he gets a shot. Okay, no, no, that, that, no that, that's a good point. That's, yeah, you're, that's a good point. I'm saying uh, if you've died or, fighting, or that's Kiddush Hashem. Or, 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 or
כל ישראל יש להם חלק לעולם הבא. קידוש השם זה הלכי כבים. So whether it does count if you, as, when it wasn't a conscious choice, whether it doesn't, that's a halachic question. It's not a question of the value of the people who died. They're still, uh, you know, neshamot, uh, you know, that are precious and, uh, you know, there's something extra all, about, you know, they go to olam haba, that's it. Dying on Kiddush Hashem, that it, it, it leaves yeah. a Russian for the rest of the world. Right, that's, right. that's the thing. That, it's more for the rest of the world. It's not a judgment mm-hmm. of them. Well, it's a lot of changes. It's changes that even though they're not, even though they might not fit the halal criteria for Kiddush Hashem, it's still making impact on all that thing. If a person died on Kiddush Hashem, then it's something that we can, others that are alive can draw inspiration. Or like inspired. Therefore, there's by. like an yeah. extra... That's why it's Kiddush Hashem. It's not like Kiddush Hashem, dying on Kiddush Hashem means that they're better. It means that we're, in, that they inspired others through their cur- yeah. courage, basically, to stick to their convictions, like this story. Yeah. Um, it's not making it's, people who were murdered for being Jewish less... Less dead. Yeah, less, uh, you know, Jewish and less uh, deserving of Olam Haba and all that. No, but I, wouldn't you say that the sons are held in a higher regard, though? Because they're killed because they're Jewish? I think, I think that the people who are killed for being Jewish deserve... A special, I, I agree with you that they deserve special regard for the fact that they lived as Jews and gave up their life, knew that there was a risk in being Jewish and gave up life being Jewish. I think that that's true. It's not exactly the same as a case of Kiddush Hashem where they were, you know, a gun was held to their head and they said, no, I refuse to uh, submit to Abu Dazar. It's not the same. Are you letting your emotions you know, dictate you what the definition is? He has a very deep Avat Yisrael. Yeah, that's of it. course. I mean, I, I, I we because he has Lev Tov. He's playing Lev Tov. What do you want from? Is that the is that the reason why I'm saying this? I don't know. I do feel very passionate about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think about it, that's the only reason why. I, I now I hear mm-hmm. what you guys are saying, and I, am I still convinced or? We're not bad people for saying it. We're no, trying, to, trying to get no. the truth. No. But I, the thing is also also we have to remember that our purpose here is. Kiddush Shem Shamayim, right? That's, that's the objective. It's not, it's not just a name. It's a, it's a message. And sometimes it's, it's really hard to hear it. But like, there's certain stories that you hear. Like for me personally, I'll, I'll tell you. When I, when I hear about... It says from there, it states anyone who killed specifically because he's a Jew, even if he's... Uh, is it like Rav Klein or something? Where, where is it? Um, I'm reading an article. No, because he probably quotes. Us. Yeah, look up the source, Find the source, see what he says. I know that I've seen it. I know I saw it in one Rishon. I'm positive I saw it in a Rishon that said it. So, and that would support. It. That would be. Yeah, that would be. What do you say? There's like more than one. There's Rav Klein, I think, or something that has. No, but it, it's an important one. point. Like it, it should be said that we should see what the uh, yeah. what sources are. I want to like kiss Chaim now. Yeah. It's so sweet. Yeah, Chaim. He reminds me of like one of those Hasidic rebbe. You just wanted like, to like the you. guy's yeah. eating on Tisha <laughs> B'Av, and he's like, "Look at your Am Yisrael. They're so <laughs> honest. They don't even hide when they eat on Tisha B'Av. You know, like the the Katzker Rebbe or whatever." <laughs> It's at the remind. You're the Gilgul of the Katska Rebbe. The, the thing is the Persian, the Persian one. No, the Persian. Persian. Yeah, I, you know, do you know after that I went to the I actually went to uh, to the Levayot after that uh, event and I went to two of the uh, three wait two or three of the Levayot. I can't remember how many I made it to. It was a very powerful experience. Yeah. It was so sad, but like. You know, each one of these people had a story 
I just ended yeah, up. There, there's a there, yeah. right, right over here across the, uh, this, this room. There's a there's a thing. There's the memorial of them. Actually, one of them that I went to. One of the families, by the way, like people were saying, oh, they're conservative and this and that, reform. One of the families actually was was religious. The wom- the woman who was killed was like traditional. She wasn't as religious, but her like kids and everything, they were all like religious family. Like they had a full shiva and everything, and it went to it um, after the funeral. And you know, it's it's a tragedy because it's not about those six people. There are people who want to kill Jews. Yeah, it's not. It's not it's about. Still, I mean, even, sorry, twelve. Even till this day, even till this day, when you go, especially in Israel, unfortunately, when you go out there with your kibbutz and and you're you know and you're openly expressing your your you know that you're risking politics, yeah. unfortunately. But I hear that. Can we, we think about this? By you consciously doing that, you're showing how, uh, like, this is something that is... Um, it's worth the risk to me. It's worth the risk to me. And I hear what you're saying. I, I, there I, is a value to that. I, I think that's a good that's point. That's why I mentioned that right away. These people, even though like, you know, they're, they're, they're reformed, they know that going to synagogue is an open act of uh, religion. Dating. I, 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 no, no, no. I, I, oh, you have to think about that every single time. Yeah. Like, no. No. Hang on, hang on. I, I think we're I think we're mi- we're missing the point. Hang on, could we? That's why a lot of people go to shul. Is Kiddush Hashem? Is Kiddush Hashem the 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 action that you did or the effect that it had? It it's because it sounds like it's the effect that it had. Yeah, because okay, so then so that I, I think so too. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly, so it's not about. It's not about intent; it's about effect, mm-hmm. right? So, because I, I think about certain cases, like the, the truth is, sometimes when when you hear that somebody died as a Jew, that like they were defend a defenseless Jew, and they they yeah. contributed yeah. to the image of a Jew that's defenseless can I, can I, and can't and, and showed weakness. That's not that's not kiddush Hashem. I, I I hate to say it because it, it feels really bad, but the truth is, like, I what do I think about kiddush Hashem? I think about Yehuda Maccabi and like the, the Maccabim. That's a epitome of Kiddush Hashem, where you, you, you take the image of... The, the previous image was the Jew that sticks out his neck and he dies like that, which is a Kiddush Hashem. But there's a much bigger Kiddush Hashem. There's, there's gradation. They fought... Matidia uh, and his sons fought for... You go back to the soldier. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It, it, because it really is. You think about, you think about what, shows a, what shows a strong Jew is somebody who's willing to fight for, so for his yeah, message. Let's, let's say... Let's say in, in, I don't know how many exactly this story, but let's say nine people were killed. Let's say out of the night, a guy comes in with a, with a gun and he's going to shoot everybody, and one person jumps in front of the guy like this. Yeah. Right? And because he jumped in front of the guy, 20 other people were saved. Yeah. 20, 20 people were saved. Yeah. Right? But nine died. So is that one guy any different than the eight that died? No. Yes. Or are they all the Rambam rights and how they love them? No, the, the, the one guy that jumps in front and saves 20, saves 20 guys. Yeah. Is he any different than the eight other guys, that, the bystanders that got killed? Saving a life is not a kid. Well, what, what was the name of that commander that jumped on the grenade? What's the name of that commander that jumped on the grenade? Roy Klein? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. Is, is, that, is that to Kiddush Hashem? Uh, is that not? Yeah, that's because they're doing... A, he's I'm saying he sanctified God's name. This is a Jew that lived in order to save other Jews. That's a Kiddush Hashem. God's name. Because I'm saying the, because the effect the, the effect is that you said is very specific laws. He brings the laws of what makes the kiddushah. What are the laws? Are three cardinal sins, or when there's a time that there's a malach that you wants to so, any, uh, any any of the aver- averot that you don't do because of, that's it. I mean, 
It's and it goes beyond that too. It goes beyond that too. There's a general idea of Kiddush Hashem at the end where he says that even a person who does a mitzvah lishma with no other interest mm-hmm. other than to do a Hashem yeah. Hashem is also uh, is also how is like, even if it's Benoda Ben Atzmo he's alone right even if he's alone yeah. and he does it the sh- the right that, that's the Kiddush that's the Kiddush it's beautiful yeah. I explained it one yeah. time the idea is that any time a person demonstrates that God is the ultimate uh, priority and nothing else is more important even if they're just doing it between themselves it's still a demonstration it's still Kiddush meaning the, the Kiddush is that, that you you being Mikadesh Shem Shemaim to yourself right, is, is also is Kiddush Hashem. Kind of thing because you're reinforcing to yourself what's really well, what time is it really, really that 6.30 like? no, no. Oh, okay. alright so let's, let's try to at least uh, get to the end I think we could do it um, yeah, I thought we were going to finish the third prayer call why not I mean the fourth prayer call oh I never said that <laughs> that was, that was, uh, what? Why? Like <laughs> you don't have to go. Any second that you go to the to the hotel, you find a uh, you find a kibbutz. What was it? What did we get? Let's say half an hour. I think it's seven. He has a cute little baby at home. He wants to get home. I understand. So, what, what, yeah. <laughs> what was the answer we came to? Rivaled only, only the father, only the father is possibly, possibly more. Borrowed my, my borrowed from my, my wife's great grandfather, was a Are you as are you, are you as romantic of a husband as Rabbi Akiva? Because he was very romantic. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny. Because I was literally just I was teaching uh, uh, Steve Kishanian. I told really? him to explain to oh, him. That's him. Why I explained to him why in Rabbi Akiva, and then I remember more. You know, Rabbi Ben Chaim said a really nice thing many years ago. He said, um, he said Rabbi Akiva is the one who said like Shira Shirim is Kodesh Kodeshim. Right? So he said. Um, you know, nobody else saw that Shiroshim was Kodesh Kodeshim because it's about, you know, romantic love. He's like, but because Rabbi Akiva had such an amazing relationship with his, with his wife, that's why he was able to see that's really the, the, the model for the relationship between, you know, between Hashem and uh, Jewish people. It was, it, was, it was good. Anyway, so let's go a little bit further. Uh, and my page keeps closing because it's a new book. I got this just for the trip because I wanted like a nice one. I was on 20. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so it was anger that I heated times. up the thing at seven times. Seven times is hot. Look, if you're going to die in the furnace, you're going to die. What's the difference? It's chesed to me. It's chesed, actually. Yeah, definitely chesed. Oh, yeah, um, I was thinking that too. Make it seven times hot. Quick, quicker them, death. Let them suffer. Like what they did to, uh, what's his name? One of the Asarajo game of food that they ran. Yeah, they, and they put the wall. Yeah. So they would yeah. suffer yeah, <clears throat> it's um. Okay. Okay. Anyway, unless um. I wonder if maybe there's another way of reading that actually. Then maybe there's another way of reading that. What if Lahosif Moked mean? Lahosif Moked. And that would mean to add five. 
I was trying to say maybe he meant to make it seven times longer of an agonizing burning, but I don't know. No, anyway, no, like yeah. All right. It's something you would do in anger. Make yeah, exactly. Longer. Yeah, not think. I was right. thinking that. Yeah, too. yeah, maybe, so maybe, yeah. Seven life sentences. What's the difference? Burning is burning. I don't know. No, that's like a technical point. You gotta burn immediately, and then let you like it's a like when like when in in. Okay, but I got that you know it's hot, so it's gonna tie me really tight for the you know so that I don't move. It's just like anyway. Well, the Gavrin Giborei Chai Yil Di B'Chaylei. So he told these manly guys, manly soldiers. He said, "Amar lechafata." He said to 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 bind the Shadrach B'Shach Vavinigo. Let me remind you, Atun Noai Kita. He didn't want them to be resisting. Oh, is that why you said that? Yeah, yeah. So they want to move around. It's like, why did they have to be the strongest just yeah, to tie them? Yeah, because they probably were, uh, they're probably pretty buff guys too. I don't, I don't know. Probably. They're on yeah, vegan exactly. diet, how buff can <laughs> they be? Oh, that's true, they were on vegan diet and still they were very healthy. That just shows you that Pita is right. Bedayin guvraya ilech. And so meanwhile, these, uh, these guys, kefitu besarba lehon pat shehon. They, uh, they tied with their... Um, uh, what is Shirts, it? The turbans or something, right? Yeah. Right, they're they're clothes. Again, the specific things. Yeah. So they, they, so what is? Oh, the redak says me levushim him. Yeah. So they wrap them in different garments. Yeah. Okay, various different garments. What they are isn't that critical. And through them, kol kavod denami ra'al min dilu, because milat malka machtefa, because the word of the king was uh, urgent. Va'atuna is a and the furnace was burning very, very much. So guvraya ilech di asiko deshodach b'shach b'avin nego katelimon they got burnt up by the fire because they said it's so hot and they were in such a rush they weren't taking the basically saying they weren't taking the proper precautions safety fire safety precautions because they were in such a rush because of the king so they ended up getting burnt themselves and uh, these three guys they were they were thrown bound into the fire he was, I think he means watching, right? He was bewildered. Oh, Tama, he was shocked. Right? And he was, and he stood up in, in surprise. And he said to, I guess the Hadavroi must be some kind of a person, official or something, right? Yeah. Um, it's more than one, though. Rohi is always more than one, right? So he said, Were, weren't those guys thrown, uh, bound into the fiery furnace? They answered to the king, the king is correct, that's right. So he answered, I see four guys. They're walking around unbound, walking around inside the furnace. And there's no damage on them. And I see that the, uh, and, and the appearance actually, Reveh means appearance, right? Dirivah, of the fourth one, Demei Levar, he looks like an angel. Looks like a supernatural uh, being. 
Uh, meaning so not human. Supernatural, non-human, some mystical. Divine being. being. The point is that this is a uh, a vision that he's having uh, to show him that this was a divine intervention. Say so he's hallucinating <coughs> it or envisioning it. Nobody else sees it. Only Nebuchadnezzar seeing it. Okay. So Beidayin Kareb Nebuchadnezzar Litra Atun Nuraya Kitas. So suddenly Nebuchadnezzar comes close to the door. Anevamari said, Shadach Mishak Bavit Nego. Avdoi di Elaha Ilaa, servants of the Most High God, Puku veEto, come out and you know and come here. Vedayin Nefkin Shadach Mishak Bavit Nego Min Goinua. They came out of the fire. Uvid Kanoshin Achashtar Penaya Signaya Uchachavata Vadavri Malka Chazayin Negovraya Ilech. So all of the advisors and all of these uh, all of these important people saw it. These people that the fire didn't affect their bodies at all. It's like gashmiut, gashmihon. That's not a, it's not a term that's usually used in biblical Hebrew. It's only in these later. I guess maybe it's even Aramaic. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a source in Aramaic. But I don't remember ever seeing that type like of word. Gashmihon? Yeah. Like, like gashmiut. Yeah. In in biblical Hebrew, I don't remember seeing it. Their hair wasn't wasn't singed, so the, at least they had hair. You know, they, they were an advantage. Right? <laughs> and their clothing had not changed at all. And they didn't even have the smell of smoke. Right, so they they were like it was like they weren't in it. So it's, it's very otherworldly. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, oh, The second guy is trying to kill them. Yeah. Now they're like, Wow, blessed is Baruch Hashem. It makes no sense. Yeah. It's probably what the. Um, he sent an angel and saved his servants. Um, that, uh, what does he mean? That he what? They're cleansed? No, it's not that type of rachat. Like, Be'an Arachit means they trust, right? right. Uh, so, they, they trusted him, right? I was trying to remember what, what, what the content is from Be'an Arachit. Yeah. It's a Rechitzel. They, um, in Aramaic, it means the trust, right? They trusted him. Malka Shanif. And the word of the king, Shanif uh, means to change, no? Oh, they, they changed. I mean, they disobeyed it. Be'ahuv Geshmeon. The, and they sacrifice their, their physical life. Uh, they want that they wouldn't serve any god but their own god. And from me, there should be a uh, new law. He's like a chashbir who likes making new laws. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a minhag. It's a minhag of, of, of all these malachim. Anybody who says any falsehood, anything bad. This guy seriously has personality disorder. You know, it's like he goes back and forth. But this is, this seems like exactly what the chachamim are picking yeah. up on. Yeah, yeah. That's why that's great. what you see. That that's why the chachamim get this. Yeah. All these midrashim are based on a, a reading of Tanakh that he's a complicated personality. Yeah. Because he doesn't just end and say, "Wow, that's amazing." Okay, because you're free to go. He makes it. He, he learns something from. It. You know, that, that anybody who. Anybody who does this, Hadamin Yetabet, he'll be made into pieces. Okay, which is exactly what he originally said, by the way, to those Chachamim of Bavel that he wanted them to tell him the dream. Okay? And Uvaitei Nevali and his house is going to be turned into an, a, a, a dung heap. Okay, it's exactly the kind of punishment that he threatened the original uh, 
uh, uh, interpreters of the dream, right? And uh, because there's no other God, not that there's no other God at all, don't worry, he's not going to go that far, who can save like this God. So then the king like strengthened and, 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 and was because of that. Huh? They got a promotion of some sort, right? So, uh, very interesting. So, so, so basically, a, yeah. so let's try to get to the end of the parak and then see what, what we can learn from it. Because that way we know that we at least got to the end and then we'll talk. Because in this, like the reading itself is like half the work. That was how they would always say, it would be like, uh, peace, be, peace be unto you was like a way that they would open a, a message. So Nebuchadnezzar sent out a message to all of the nations and languages that were on, in the entire world, meaning under his kingdom. May your peace be increased. It's just a way of saying like, Shalom Aleichem. Atayah the signs and wonders, the avad imi the highest God has done, shefar kodamay lahachavaya. It is right in. He's got the, another yaribon line, right? It is proper in my eyes to tell. Atoi kemaravlevin, his wonders, how great they are. Betimhoi and his amazing deeds, kematakifin, how mighty they are. Malchute malchut alam. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom, and his control extends from generation to generation. What the heck is going on here? That's, like a, that's a nice key to show. He gave up his power to Jerusalem. No, the next part is, yeah, okay. So we'll, uh, we will. Uh, no, this is actually this is actually very understandable. It's just weird that he goes, he flops after this. I mean, I don't know where it goes from. He's bipolar. It's like very from one extreme to the other. How does he go from complete extreme to the? But you see from this, I mean, it really vindicates the way that we were originally reading Nebuchadnezzar. Like we said, that he he obviously has a sophisticated mind. He's not like a simpleton. He's really thinking into things. And what happened? Not only did he. Fear, you know, like like the typical king would fear the power of the god of the these three men, mm-hmm. but he doesn't just do that. He actually and he actually declares that nobody is to say anything against the god of Israel, and then he says, "I want to announce to all of my kingdom that uh, the wonders and incredible things that God has done." Now he hasn't said what those things are, by the way, because those things are going to relate to his. Experience when he like lives as a wild man and comes back and all that, right? To, but it's it's interesting that the Navi puts it here because he doesn't actually now tell the wonders. We have more, another story, and then he te- and then later we see what the wondrous things that happened to the king were. Mm-hmm. But it's connected because I think I think the reason why is because after that experience of seeing that divine intervention, he. Now has the yet now has enough of a belief or a conviction in the existence of God that he is a, that the that it makes the upcoming experiences meaningful because what ends up happening is only meaningful on the premise that that, uh, that there is a God and that he's capable of recognizing God mm-hmm. and capable of having a meaningful growth like a teshuvah basically uh, within the framework of his understanding of God. Nebuchadnezzar is the only. Gentile king, that we see like a personality development, that he starts out uh, 
sort of recognizing God and so recognizing Chuchmah, right? Then he graduates to actually recognizing God and ultimately he goes through a personal transformation where he has to be humbled by this experience and then returns to God, which is like unheard of in any... We don't, you know, we rarely hear such a complex narrative about a character who's not one of the Jewish characters in the Tanakh. That he goes through that kind of... Even Achashverosh, what do the Chazal say about Achashverosh? Hu Achashverosh, Meaning, he never changed. Even though in the beginning he likes Haman and in the end he likes the Jews, he's just a, an opportunist. He just goes with whoever his friends are. He's not, he didn't really change. But Nebuchadnezzar, that's what the Chazal say. They say, Hu Berisho, Mitchilatovatsofo. Nebuchadnezzar, you see, actually evolves through the course of the story. In the beginning, he flip-flops, but you see that through the course of the story, he becomes more and more um, actually positively influenced by Daniel, which is a remarkable thing, uh, and, you know, through the course of the story. So, so Daniel is able to bring about, meaning what Yosef, Yosef never accomplished that with Paro. Daniel actually accomplished a great deal in, in, obviously with the help of God in the case of the second incident with the, uh, with the Kibshan Ha'ish. That, that wasn't Daniel. But Daniel had given, uh, had planted a seed, let's say, in Nebuchadnezzar. And that event kind of like solidified his intuitive sense that he already had before that there was something to this God of Israel. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's really a remarkable thing. It's a, a really interesting story. Any parishioner would submit that this was uh, all from his viewpoint only? That could have been a non-literal uh, account? Which Any, one? The whole idea of them going in, coming Nebuchadnezzar's out vision. This is a vision of sorts. This is a dream he had. This is... I've never seen that. It would have made... It would... It would... Because he's... Because uh-huh. the message is only given to him. First of all, the... But even in his vision... After the fact, he's the only one who seems to see, see, see him. Seeing the angel in there also. Right. Just something he does. That is something only he does for sure, it seems like. Everything after that is only him. He no, because then it says all the other author- uh, officials mm-hmm. came and they saw that they were unscathed yeah. and everything. This, meaning, it's interesting because all the, it's, it's almost like, it's in, maybe that answers a question we had before, because all the repetition of like, all of the, you know, the officials and the governors and the this and the this and this, all the list. And then when they played the, this instrument and this is, meaning it was such a huge under event with all these people and the list is repeated multiple times and all these instruments and it's, it's meaning it was such a big thing. And then this one, then this one turn of events at the end completely undermines the whole thing and they see that the, the whole thing was a, you know, was, was a fantasy. So it, it's almost like it's purposely built up the whole event of the Tzelem in order, to show, in order to accentuate how quickly the reversal happened. Meaning all of this pomp and circumstance around the Tzelem, but this one moment everybody realized, you know what, this is all nonsense. You know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. From Wizard of Oz, like it was like that sort of thing. In one instance, it was all, in one instance it was all over. Like a whole movie of, of a Wizard of Oz is based on that, there, that. There's a wizard, you know, and we're going to see the wizard, and in the end, boom! One second, the whole thing is is revealed to be a made up. Yeah. Well, really, that really all of it's all a dream. But in in the case of Wizard of Oz, but. <laughs> Do you want to give a spoiler alert? Yeah, I was about to Look, one of the things that Chacham Faor said that I really you know, agree with is that, um, is that whether something in Tanakh is a dream or actually happened is irrelevant. The idea it's is true. Right? It's real 
In fact, Chacham Fawar said to the reader. Yeah, of course. Any any Chacham is going to know. Yeah, yeah, of course. But anybody, any. In fact, in fact, Chacham Fawar was saying like actually a nevuah is more true than a, than an event because an event just happened in the physical world, but a nevuah shows you a, something even more fundamental. I don't know if you have to go that far, but the point is that uh, at least that's what I heard that he said. But the point, the main point being that. An idea, just like we always say, um, if, a me, if a midrash isn't historically literal, that doesn't mean that the idea in the midrash is not extremely well, profound and absolutely true. It can be absolutely true without being literal. And, an, and, and the message of a nevoah, like the Rambam reads a lot of the nevoot as dreams in Nevi Machronim, a lot of them. And yet, he wouldn't say it's any less true. In fact, it's probably, in a sense, more real because it's, it's an understanding. It's an understanding that's coming. It's not an event that happens. So, uh, meaning it's an idea. An idea is transcendent. An idea is, is not subject to, you know. So, so the idea of a dream, yeah. But how it, else could we understand this if not, if not a dream? Why would it have to I, be a dream? I mean, just, what, the being thrown To the rabbi's the point, who cares? I don't think there's I, any I indication agree, that that's a dream. Truth is, I don't think there's any indication that it's a dream from the so would you, or not Where would you get it? all the dreams in the book of Daniel are delineated as dream stuff? Why all of a sudden would this be a dream? How else to understand? What is the fourth figure? That I think is a, a is a mirage that he sees. I, I don't think that's. Where's the other real business? Let's See the fact that he saw a. The difference being that if it did transpire historically. Physically, mm-hmm. in the physical world. You would think, it's though, that if it was a vision, if it was a vision and the vision ends up the way that it did, you would think that he would have visualized Daniel, though, because of the way that he sees Daniel. It's not only that, how would, would that have an impact? How would that have an impact on the dreamt that happened? I don't think it would have an impact on him. It seems like what had an impact was that he saw this happen. And so he envisioned the malach. The vision is a mirage. Have you ever looked in a fire, or you look in? Sometimes you see uh, weird stuff. In the clouds. Yeah, he, he saw a vision. But the main point wasn't that he saw the fourth figure. The main point was that they came out. Yeah. You know, and the fact that he that he envisioned some fourth figure was just a way of explaining how they were able to come out alive you know, in a, a divine intervention for someone who can only relate to. Objects of sensory perception, so they the see it. The they ran out, like, I don't know. like, like it says, like the shechina was always symbolized a by a cloud. The There's a principle, in right? Physics. The cloud is not really the shechina, but to conceptualize the idea that God is God's influence like is manifesting itself in a particular place. So there's a cloud. There's a cloud. So it could be that he saw a mirage like that, and they, it's not. That's not more miraculous than the fact that they made it out alive. Less. I don't think I don't think there's any reason to say it's a dream. They never got thrown into the fire, right? Oh, they did. Meaning, there are people that came to throw them got burned. Those guys that burned and they dropped into the fire. No, they did drop. Maybe they went under the fire. No, know. they were in there. It says, and they came out. That was the miracle of it. Listen, you can only read it as a miracle story. If you want to read it as a dream, it would be a real stretch. But uh, I'm not against reading lots of stuff as dreams and metaphors, but I don't see a basis in the text for doing it in this case. This is such a common question. I don't think any event that's nationally witnessed and is the basis of the history of Am Yisrael could be a dream. But, uh, but uh, that could be a that could be a metaphor. 
Some of the Mepharshim read it as Adam and Chava were real, but the story with the snake is just a, is a, is almost like a, uh, not a dream, but it's metaphoric. It's not literal. The snake was just a Yitzhahara. It's a way, you know, there is such a, such a reading you could do. Those, those stories, those stories, look, the Ralbag says no, he doesn't like that, but the Rambam thinks that it's a metaphor. Yeah, the Rambam thinks it's that there was an Adam and Chava, but the story is just trying to show you how human beings, you know, followed the wrong path. Basically, why they ended up the way that they were. Meaning that according to the Rambam, the whole thing with the, with the fruit and the yeah. is and just showing you that, that Adam's nature is to follow the physical and therefore Hashem didn't put him in, in, a, in a paradise and didn't let him live forever and didn't let him, because he wanted him to be struggling so that he wouldn't get an ego and have like infinite access to pleasure because it would destroy him. That's how the Rambam reads in the Moin of Bukhi. If you ask the Rambam in shul, he'd probably tell you, oh, of course it's pshat. <laughs> He's like, you like Rabbi Ben Chaim. He goes, of course. Of course Yonah really got swallowed by the fish and spit out. I'm saying, meaning if you were talking to you and he saw, if he saw that you were ready for an idea that was like a little bit unsettling, then he would tell you the real idea, but he's not going to tell everybody that because people, not everyone can handle that. They're like, oh, the whole religion's made up. Oh, you're saying the Torah is not true? Yeah, like we're I, talking about this. You have to be, you have to be careful. Rabbi Sachs debate with Dawkins. Dawkins calls him out and is the Bible literal? And he tries to evade the question. He says, I definitely think most of it, if not all of it, yeah. And he says, as if we have done the Chava, you tell him that that actually happened, you're going to really tank this debate right now and tell him that that's an actual story. He goes, no, I think it's very safe. This is metaphorical. He's like reluctant to even admit that. That's weird. I wonder. Yeah, but that's... Saying that the snake is a metaphor shouldn't be such a big deal because like the Sforno says that. And Ibn Ezra says that. Yeah, but the whole thing is is just a metaphor. Only the Rambam really says that. But it's... There are Midrashim that very... Like we talked about it already. Like there are Midrashim that very strongly suggest that too. Very strongly suggest that. Yeah, because they say that the entire story happened on the sixth day of creation. Meaning that they, they all, what does that mean? That means it's really just part of explaining human nature. The human condition. It's not really a story that happened after they were created. It's a story that was part of who they are, is that they follow the Yitzhara, that they follow their own fantasy about what is good instead of what Hashem's will is good. And so therefore, Hashem, they were never really actually in Gan Eden. They never really were going to live forever. They never, that's that's the, what that Midrash suggests, and that's what the Rambam thinks. You don't have to accept that. You can take the Pshat too. So that Midrash, the Rambam takes literally everyone of the... Uh, the Rambam, in, I think, understands it for what it really means, but yeah. my opinion. This, 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 this is what I think, and like, I mean, I also meant to start by what I was saying, you didn't fully agree with me. So I said, I, I think everyone agrees that for sure many Gemaraos and for sure many Midrashim have to be understood metaphorically. I think also everyone agrees that something has to be understood literally. Like, right. okay, I'm stupid. Right. The question is, which one, which one fits in the English category? That's more complicated. So the Rambam says, he says that, I'm going to write a book. Yeah, he never did. Exactly. Yeah, but, but the, the Rambam, I would say, of all the Mepharshim, of all the, the ones that we know, that we read, 
probably the most broad in terms of applying the idea of a metaphor is the Rambam. Yeah. There were one, there were Mepharshim that were even more, like Ibn Kaspi, for example, is even more. And there was some, there was a, uh, one Rishon, I forget his name, oh, but he wrote, no, 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 actually not so much. There was, there was one Rishon called, who wrote a, a book called the Vyatchen. I can't remember his name, but he went way, way, way into the extreme of like metaphorizing things. To a point that, like, people were like, okay, now I'd come. Like, too much, too much. But he's not even, like, yeah, one of the... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's not even one of the... He's not even one of the... Uh, of the of the Rishonim that we really read. Like, yeah. I would say, even Kaspi is at least in the Mikrod Gedolot Keter. Like, you could see... He says, oh, the whole story of Yonah is a dream. Okay, you know. Ibn Kaspi. Uh, yeah, Ibn Ezra. No, no, he, t- he told me Ibn Kaspi. I- check with him. He always says his name in Ezra. Uh, I, I, I had never found inside. That's not happening. No, it's in the Ibn Kaspi. He probably made because he when when we talk about it, he said because he said I didn't even see. I never even noticed it in the Ibn Kaspi. But one thing about Rabbi Chaim is like he doesn't just read things. He like remembers every phrase in the thing. Like I would read it quickly and it wouldn't register in my mind. But he he told me Ibn Kaspi and I looked and it's there. He says this is a dream. And and another thing that he said one time was the Raul Bags thing about how the thing about the sun standing still for Yoshua that really it just means that they did it really fast. The Raul Bag, the Raul Bag says. Well, the Raul Bag says it explicitly and develops it. And Rabbi Ben Chaim said, "Oh yeah, the Rambam also says it in Mornevochim." He said, "I never saw that in Mornevochim. I read the Mornevochim a number of times. I never saw it. He showed me. It's like three words in the Mornevochim. I never would have. I never would have noticed it. But yeah, he says it. I didn't realize. We he hints at it. He doesn't say it explicitly." But the point is that everything he you reads, they just. You you know I, I was in the shiur with him one time, and he said he said the thing about you know you're not nah, probably it was only even, and somebody got really upset in the shiur and said what what are you saying how could you do that and Rabbi Benchaim said actually you know it could be that it was literal you know I read an article about a guy who got swallowed by a fish one time got spit out and then the guy was like oh okay okay <laughs> yeah it's like so Rabbi Benchaim. The, the other funny story that happened was that one, he literally back to back, like he was telling us in the morning call out one time, this is years ago, he was saying, you know, the Rob Box has an amazing explanation about the sun standing, so it makes so much sense, it makes perfect sense, it's the best idea. The next day he came into YU and he said, the Rob Box has a very strange period. <laughs> <laughs> You really he also, have to think your audience. He also said that the blog also says something about, um, about like, um, and yeah, and yeah, that's that's not. That's what they said about him. Mean. Yeah, it's it's very it's. There's some ideas he has that are not that are beyond see, the pale. Everybody was in Nicola. He said it. It's not. really. It's like it's almost. It's it's on the borderline for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if it would absolutely be, but it's, it's definitely towing the line. Yeah. Pretty close. <laughs> but the Raul Bagh was, was a very impressive person. Yeah, so when I told Zara Bredowitz, he said, no, there are some Rishon that would understand every single thing in the Quran literally. But you said, know, it's not possible. But you know that... You read the stories about you know, Rahman, but, and how like, when one egg, you know... But you know that Ibn Ezra... Like, like 70 cities, you know, like... Yeah, well, but you know that Ibn Ezra says similar ideas to the Raul Bagh, but people don't realize it because he says it in a very cryptic way. I know, but... Ibn Ezra says things that should, like... Or also, Kfira, close to it, yeah. Like, very close to it. And, like, 
And like the way that Rabbi Nachman puts it, that the Chida says that people tamit tamit toel. Tamit toel. Always they say that. Yeah. People took like added stuff. But there were there were Rishonim that said about the their chuvot of I forget which Rishon it was wrote about the Ralbag and he said, oh, there was even, a, he was talking against philosophy and was saying, oh, even the great Ralbag, he was such a great Tamil Chacham, he went off the derech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Tashvitz, Tashvitz, yeah. Because that's where he talks about, he is true about the Ramam and like, yeah, about the philosophy issue, yeah. Did you ever read the, uh, did you read the Ramah versus, uh, versus the Marshal on philosophy? Oh, it's very good. The Ramah Rama and the Marshal, you know, the, the Marshal who wrote the uh, Yamshal Shlomo. Right, right. So they have a back and forth. The Ram Marshal was amazing, um, very original halachic thinker. I really like his, uh, his thinking. You notice in like, you're right there, uh, he takes I, always an extreme position against everybody else. It's very interesting. But he, he, he had a back, because the Ramah studied philosophy. Right, right. Yeah, and the Marshal. But the Marshal. He didn't like, uh, he said, not only do I, he's like, I don't study philosophy and even less Kabbalah. He doesn't like either. Yeah. It's not really Kabbalah, but no, I mean, it's like philosophy he brings Kabbalah. in kind of like symbolic stuff about the Korbanot and stuff that's sort of like Kabbalah, but he doesn't bring in like Spirot and things like that. It's different phraseology. Different, yeah, different yeah, yeah, language. yeah. We're going down every now. Let's go. 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 Let's